Hello and welcome to Midweek Reading on the Tall Friendly Atheist Dad Podcast. Over at my YouTube channel, I have over 100 videos where I read and respond to various books. What I'm about to play for you now is but one of those readings. So sit back, relax and enjoy Midweek Reading with me, the Tall Friendly Atheist Dad on the Tall Friendly Atheist Dad Podcast. Hello, my name is Damien, the Tall Friendly Atheist Dad, and host of the Tall Friendly Atheist Dad Podcast. Wherever you are, whatever time of day it is, whatever you happen to be doing, whether you're watching or listening to this, I hope you are doing well. And welcome to part four of Sermons from My Past... Reasons to Believe, Paradigm Shifts of the 20th Century, Part 1. Hit the music. So far from lies and hypocrisy Rifters to energy And silence becomes free So, good afternoon. Well, afternoon as I'm recording this. My name is Damien, the Tall Friendly Atheist Dad. Uh, That is official as well. Uh, Multiple people call me the Tall Friendly Atheist Dad. (laughs) For better or worse. So, anyway, um, this is a a new... Well, this is a a new series yet, also an old series. Um, So, I'm going through... Uh, sermons from my past when I was in a fundamentalist church. Um, I actually don't have every sermon, but I've just got the handouts that uh, my pastor sometimes handed out and uh, responding to those. So this is part four of sermons from my past. Uh, there are three three more that I've, that I've done, but this is part one of reasons to believe paradigm shifts of the 20th century. My pastor, well, my, my particular church, uh, in particular my pastor, was very much into the reasons to believe, uh, reasons to believe stuff, and so Hugh Ross, uh, a lot of material from Dr. Hugh Ross, who I I actually have some time for. He is, uh, despite him, uh, despite him, uh, pardon me. Uh, yeah, <laughs> despite uh, Hugh Ross being a. Uh, I suppose a Christian, um, he is like, how can I say? I kind of, I wouldn't say fell in love with Hugh Ross, but I certainly appreciated Hugh, Hugh Ross when 
he did a debate with Kent Hovind. Uh, there's, if you look up Heroes versus Kent Hovind, there's like a 1980s video. It's like, you know, really, really grainy, but... Um, uh, sorry, my... Uh, Uh, yes, where uh, Hugh Ross, I wouldn't say put Kent Hovind to the sword, but certainly created a better a better impression of Christianity. And yeah, so anyway, in the uh, if you're not if you're watching this, uh, you can see in the background there's a video from a guy called Brian of channel called Brian's Nation, uh, where he records his uh, Mount Wellington trip to Hobart. Um, and I'm also kind of messaging my wife as well because I love my I love my wife. So if you hear me clacking away. So yeah, um, I was going to say, so uh, one sermon that my pastor gave was called Reasons to Believe. Um, and even during the, uh, during the Sunday services, there would occasionally be a presentation called Reasons to Believe. And I actually, uh, uh, Yeah, um, yeah. So I sometimes did the reasons to believe. So I'm actually, I'm literally also uh, messaging my wife as I'm saying this, as I'm <laughs> preparing. I uh, love my wife so, honey, mwah, love you. Uh, yeah, and I also have to blame uh, uh, blame my best friend Stacy for choosing this topic. There were two topics I could have uh, gone down, and uh, I gave her the random choice, one or two, and she chose one, and this is one. Anyway, so what this handout has, this handout has 10, uh, I suppose, apologetics uh, in a bullet point form with, with a couple of paragraphs. Uh, uh, paragraphs, and yeah, so what it is, I'll read through a point and I will respond to it and uh, see, if, uh, see if I'm convinced to believe after the end of this. Uh... But if you hear me clacking away, that is me uh, communicating with my wife. My lovely wife, and I also might also munch them some celery as well. During the week, I've started uh, creating salad packs for my kids. Mmm, celery ASMR. That should be a that should be a thing. Because I realised that my uh, me and my kids' diet isn't exactly healthy, and uh, having built salad, so I've got some. I got some systemic containers, like the small, tiny systemic containers. I buy some uh, carrots and some celery, and every day I chop it up and like pack it in there, put it in the fridge. When the kids go to school, they can take one and have like as a healthy snack. Uh, and yeah. Me being the person that I am, I've made sure that I've brought a towel with me. Okay. I'm going to make a start, but if I do get interrupted, that'll be because I'm, I'm messaging my wife. <laughs> I'm not going to... Oh, oh, oh. Celery ASMR. 
There you go, she's gonna start a new channel, Damien Eats Stuff. <laughs> Sorry, they just, uh, they just hit, anyway. Okay, so three, two, one. Point one. Modern science used to claim that the universe is infinite and eternal. Many theorists thought is contained the right mass and energy to self-regenerate in a perpetual cycle of expansion, collapse, and rebound. But now, most, and that's all the capital letters, most scientists believe that the entire universe burst into existence a finite time ago brought forth by a causative agent, and that the, those are capitalized, causative agent, operating outside the boundaries of time, space, matter, and energy. 10 dimensions, not just the four we experience, comprise the cosmos, and time as we know it began when the cosmos began. All right, so that's uh. You can just leave it down. Will it sit there? There you go. So you don't keep on getting wet. Oh, look at you. This is going to fill up 20 litres of pure spring water. And my friend can make his own brew. <laughs> <laughs> Not really home brew. <laughs> okay, so let me... Uh, yeah, let me try balance uh, everything I do together in one timey. Uh, okay, here we go. That's that there. Alright, so I'm going to yeah. hit that there. And I'm going to put my mates Victim of Illusion. Victimofillusion.bandcamp.com. Pick up the album Invisible Light for a very reasonable price. And there we go. There's there's that music there. So, and I might just have a, a carrot. So have some carrot as well. Carrot ASMR. If you're a first-time listener to this channel, I'm sorry. <laughs> if you're not, I'm still sorry. Oh, that's funny. Mm, 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 mm. Anyway. All right. So, modern science is claiming the universe is... Yeah, I would actually I would actually agree with that point. Um, but that wouldn't be modern science. That would just be uh, modern scientific thought use, uh, uh, hypothesized that the universe was infinite and eternal and I think there would still be some people who would uh, who would agree to that but um, saying modern science used to believe uh, used to claim uh, something that's been debunked though um, no, you could say that scientists uh, scientific thought used to uh, espouse the idea that the universe is infinite and internal. And they were ideas that we had when we didn't have the, have, uh, the complete data. But now we've actually researched into the topic and we can prove that the universe is not infinite and eternal. Um, I would say effectively infinite and effectively eternal because, you know, hey, you know, the u universe is bloody large. Uh. 
Yeah, so the universe, the universe is uh, incredibly, incredibly large, but um, and is incredibly old. But uh, yeah, it is, it is not infinite and eternal. Um, but yes, many theorists did thought thought the universe contained the right mass and energy to self regenerate into perpetual cycles and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think there's still some who who do. Um, there was something called the the Great Crunch. Um, actually, speaking of Great Crunch. <laughs> Sorry, that's a. I hope you're enjoying that. Yeah, and now, now is right. Now, most scientists believe that the universe burst into existence a finite time ago. That's not quite correct. What we what we tend to uh, what we tend to think happened is that the universe went from a hot, dense, tiny state into a large, sparse, cool state. Otherwise, the universe the universe expanded from a uh, effectively a single point. And then it's been expanding uh, ever ever since. Now, how the universe came uh, into being is a same. Uh... Um, yeah, so it's uh, looking at this uh, video as well. This guy going Mount Wellington, and uh, yeah, so Brian's nation. Uh, yeah, just give him give him a like. I've already I've already given him a like. So have it you give him a like as well. And just a word of advice, um, yeah, all these all these videos I put in my uh, reading series are Creative Commons, and so there's no copyright infringement. Um, and you yeah, give the give a shout out soon. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's not so much that it burst into existence; it's just that it changed state. Now, it could have come into existence, though I personally don't think so. Um, and the best minds who have looked into uh, who have looked into this uh, mat matter yeah, don't think it like, literally just came into existence just like that. Um, yeah. So, and, and the thing is, and I suppose the thing I take umbrage at is the whole the whole notion, the whole paradigm, the whole mantra of you can't explain how how it happened, therefore God. Um, and if you think that Frank Turek is uh, using some of these arguments, I would. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you're wrong. So hold on, you sort of. Um, yeah, so there's very uh, Frank Turecki kind of uh, argu argumentation uh, that yeah, that we've all come to know and uh, know and hate. Salary. 
uh, a finite time ago, yeah, I would actually... Uh, well, it's a bit of a tricky one because time started at the uh, origin point of the Big Bang, but that's not to say that the universe... Uh, it, gets, it gets really tricky, and uh, I just read... Uh, I just read... Uh, uh, do recording, reading, uh, Ray Comforts, you can lead an atheist to evidence, and his whole thing is about common sense. You should use common sense to find God. And things of common sense is uh, not so common, and like when it gets to uh, quantum physics, common sense is probably the worst thing you can use to make a case. So, uh, it was brought forth by a causative agent operating outside the boundaries of time, space, matter, and energy. No, um, the only people who believe it was a causative agent. Now, just bear in mind here that the words causative agent are capitalized so that they're proper nouns. Because you know, you know where this is heading. Um, the things that most scientists don't believe that was brought forth by a causative agent. All they believe was that it happen because of uh, processes that we don't understand. So you've just got to be aware of that, that you can't go, we don't know how it happened, therefore God. Um, yeah, so... Uh, and then that, that leads to the next, uh, the next problem where if this universe was brought by a causative agent outside the uh, boundaries of time, space, matter, and energy then how was that causative agent created? Because if you then go that, okay, l let's say God, we'll say God. If God created the universe and you refuse and, and we'll then go back with what created God, and if you go, well, God is the first cause, the uncaused first cause, then you are literally engaging in special pleading. Because if you can't give a good reason as to why the logical rules don't apply to your god or to your favoured uh, your favoured conclusion, then it is literally logical fallacy, and we have no reason to pay attention to it. And plus, if your evidence that God is the first cause is based on a book, on a particular ancient book that didn't know that the universe had a beginning, then oh god, I can just imagine uh, some bad bad Frank Turek arguments now as well. Time for a bite of celery. Mm, shall we? Mm, 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 mm. So, yeah. Celery ASMR. Uh, now, the other, the other brief thought I had on this is that... There was no time X. We'll say, we'll say there was a point in time X. There was no point in time X where the universe didn't exist and then X plus one, the universe suddenly did. Time began as at the origin of at the origin of the expansion of the universe. So that we need we need to keep in mind as well. So to me, the universe is functionally eternal, but not not uh, classically as we would. Uh, okay. I'm now going to pause the music and with a click of the fingers, I'll go back to, I'll go to point two, three, two, one. That's a bad one. Anyway, there, listen to Brian as he, probably more, more interesting than me. Okay.
Point two is, modern science used to claim the universe is random, that whatever works within it, works because of countless accidental interactions of photons, particles and atoms, somehow self-organising through infinite time and space. But now, most scientists believe that the universe not only has a beginning in finite time, it also shows evidence of meticulous design, its chemical makeup, its dynamics, its mass, and the arrangement for its physical parts all reveal complex, consistent, interdependent patterns transcending, by far, all human design capabilities. Did you know that it transcends by far all human design capabilities? Well, yes, duh, because no one's no one is suggesting that humans design the universe. I'm so angry. I'm angry biting my carrot. I can't wait to hear this back when I, when I finally release the video. This is. I'm not a complete idiot. There are some bits missing. But angry by ah. mm. This is a help. This is a, uh. this is the definition of healthy anger. <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy! Yes. No. No one is suggesting that the humans created the universe. This is. This is, uh, Pastor Brendan Kirby. I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say you're stupid. I just say you are. Yeah. Why? But this is what fundamentalism does. You know, you 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 are inclined to use really bad arguments. But yes, uh, design. Now, the the first problem with the design hypothesis is how do you determine design? If you determine design by the idea that you can't explain something, then... <gasps> Sorry, I just got an email saying that my uh, thing I ordered... <gasps> Finally! Sorry, I'm like a kid in a toy store. Um, yes, a, a thing I brought off of uh, Indiegogo is finally uh, being uh, being delivered. It's on, it's on the way. So, oh, have already got it. I've already got it. Oh. Sorry, <laughs> I'm having so much fun here. Sorry, uh, this is what you get for not uh, being soft in my emails. But yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah, so 
I got a notification from my uh, parcel serve my parcel collection service that something has actually arrived, and then I got the <laughs> I saw the message that the thing is out for delivery. <laughs> love the love your timing, guys. Love your timing. Where was I? Where was I? Okay, so if you if your hypothesis for design is that you can't explain it or that it's impossible for nature to... Actually. Or that you believe it's impossible for nature to create it, then you kind of do jump into some logical fallacies. And I feel like I'm slightly qualified to discuss this topic because... I think it's like episode 20 or episode 25 or something like that of the Tall From the Atheist podcast. I interviewed Glenn Branch from the National Center for Science Education where we discussed the Kitzmiller versus Dover, uh, the Kitzmiller versus Dover trial and the judgment and the whole idea. And that was all about uh, intelligent design over uh, evolution and what the judge, what the Christian George W. Bush appointed judge found was that design is not an hypo- is not a hypothesis. Uh, intelligent design is essentially a propagation of religion and cannot be untangled from its religious antecedents. So yeah, chew on that, chew on that. But what he's saying is that yeah, um, the whole idea of intelligent design is essentially religious and that you cannot uncouple intelligent design from a religious uh, from a religious uh, framework. So anyway, so I don't like the idea of design. Like just because something is complex beyond uh, human understanding does not, to me, doesn't give us reason to, to say, therefore design. We kind of have to, um, uh, yeah, actually have a, uh, a, I suppose, a hypothesis or a way of working out what is design and how we detect it. Because, for example, let's say, let's say, if complexity is the is the standard, a shop a shopping bag, uh, a shopping bag is incredibly simple. You know, you can make one up from uh, some uh, very, relatively basic chemicals. Um, you know, a shopping bag costs like you know not probably not even, not even half a cent to produce. You know, it's uh, you can go to the shop like if you want to buy, from the thing in sandwich bags. You know, if you want to get like a freezer sandwich bag, you know, you can buy like a one hundred pack for like you know two dollars or something. <laughs> you know, that's a uh, and that's including all the retail markup. Um, so like ba- shopping bags and sandwich bags are incredibly simple. You know, all they do is just open up. But we know they were designed. Um, whereas, like fingerprints, fingerprints, fingerprints are incredibly complex, to the point that nobody, no two people have the same. Well, actually, no, that's not quite correct. But there's a, it's very, very hard to find two people who have the same fingerprints. I'll say that much. Um, yet we know that fingerprints are the result of the forces of nature operating on certain things, you know, uh, skin and, uh, you know, all, all that, kind of, all that, all that kind of stuff. So, um, and design, like, again, just the whole thing, how would you determine... How would you determine... So he's got here, 
Its chemical makeup, its dynamics, its mass, and the arrangement of its physical of its physical parts all reveal complex, consistent, interdependent interdependent patterns transcending. Now, I'll agree, uh, consistent and interdependent. But to me, that is a result of the of the inherent physical properties of mass. If my videos could have like negative likes, I think I've just got <laughs> negative likes. So yeah, so for example, um, just trying to think, yeah, um, everything we see is the result of mass, the, the four physical forces of nature, you know, the weak nuclear force, the strong nuclear force, elect, uh, electricity and gravity. Uh, actually, let me just quickly check that up because, uh, I can't even type A. Four fundamental forces, and they were. Uh, so I'm just quickly reading from space.com. The four fundamental forces that describe every interaction in nature uh, gravity, yep. The weak force, yep. The uh, electro. That's <laughs> the, electro, the, electro, the electromagnetic force, yes. So, um, yeah, so the reality is, is. Oh, did that video finish already? Oh gosh, I've been talking for a while. Alright, let's uh I'm gonna play this one. None of the above. There you go. Um yeah, where was I? I keep getting getting sidetracked by uh celery and uh he's got a nice tattoo on his arm. So should should show mine at some stage. But yes, um Yeah, so the fact that everything we see in nature is the result of inherent properties of the forces of nature. Um, there is no, how can I say, if you wanted to impute supernatural motives or origin or design, you would then have to uh, establish and have some sort of uh, independent hypothesis of, of how you, uh, how you judge that. And the problem is, is that every, uh, design hypothesis relies on its complex beyond human understanding, therefore, therefore God. So that's like the worst way to, uh, <laughs> that's the worst way to get to God is go, I don't understand, therefore God. I like that. Mm. Tomato this time. So let us carrot tomato. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, so we just have to, uh, uh, yeah, it's, uh, uh, oh, I think we're going to get, uh, I'm going to get canned for, uh, Uh, demonetized. <laughs> Not doesn't make any money anyway. But yeah, um, like keeping it. Uh, yeah, so if you go, it's beyond, uh, it's beyond human understanding. Therefore, God. Well, why can't you say that about cancer? Like, for example, <laughs> cancer. The idea of cancer. You know, we still don't quite understand exactly how cancer happens and how to cure cancer. Um, stuff like that. Therefore, are you justified in saying that cancer is because of God? And 
you know, if we go to the Ray Comfort uh, argument of every painting needs, every building needs a builder and every paint, every painting needs a painter, why can't every cancer have a cancer and every uh, every uh, munch have a muncher? Yeah, it's a, but this is the thing. Fundamentalism uh, leads you to some very bad arguments. Anyway, speaking of very bad arguments, that has been the first two of ten points of reasons to believe paradigm shifts for the 20th century. And I forgot to mention that there's a little footnote here taken from Facts for Faith, quarter one and quarter two, to the year 2000, published by RTB Publishing, a division of reasons to believe. So I was right. It was a very Hugh Ross, uh, very Hugh Ross thing. But anyway, until next time, look after yourselves. Stay safe. Stay rational. Just be kind. You know, just be kind. Anyway, see us. Actually, before I say see us, don't forget to check out the podcast. Check out the website. Check out the uh, my Twitter. Check out my Facebook. Rah rah, rah social media rah rah stuff. Yeah. Bye. <laughs>